Hello, and welcome back to Shellyville. My name is Michelle Clear, and I'm your host today. I'm so glad you could join me in my little podcast. Today, I want to talk about something that's very personal. Again, Shellyville has all been about my personal life. So I want to just start with what's kind of um, something that's not noticeable, but is noticeable and something that I've suffered with probably most of my life, although it's never been discussed in my family. And I've only had one person in my life that has ever really had a conversation with me about this. And that is my daughter, Savannah. She was very concerned about me doing a podcast because of my verbal dyslexia. Now, (laughs) I've had verbal dyslexia my whole life. I've had a language processing disorder. That's what it is. Although when you're a child um, and you struggle with pronunciation, most people just make fun of you. It's either a lisp or it's some kind of comedy thing. But I use that as my as a, a defense mechanism. I mean, I use my humor and I've kind of taken this verbal dyslexia and I've called it my Shelleyisms and I've said it's my little quirkiness and it's something that has always been a part of me, but no one has ever really brought it out or talked to me about it or said, wow, that's really a problem. You really struggle with the uh, pronunciation and you really struggle with spelling. Now, I always knew that I had problems as a child, especially growing up. Um, education-wise was just not my thing. I always struggled with spelling and I've always struggled with learning or liking to learn or or reading. Although I don't have the dyslexia that changes the letters around, I don't have that kind of dyslexia. I basically have just the language processing, which means I've always struggled with spelling. And when you struggle with spelling, I mean, thank goodness we have all of these spell checks now because I I haven't even thought about this being a problem because I've always just used spell check. It's just something that I've always done. But this, the way that I communicate, there are times when I do really struggle with getting my point across or saying what I mean or using the right words. And this is something that I've been doing forever. And I never really knew it was a serious problem until Savannah kind of pointed it out. And she's like, Mom, you're going to do a podcast when you can't pronounce words? She's like, you need to get some help with that. So I I looked it up. I mean, I literally did some research on finding out what kind of help I could actually do for myself if I did really want to get better at this. And come to find out for verbal dyslexia, there is not a lot of help. Um, Most of the work or the... I guess you would say, therapy out there is really for spelling. It's really for learning how to um, work with the inconsistent spelling. Um, So I really, I think I've done everything I possibly can with my verbal dyslexia. And I'm just going to use my sense of humor to get through it. Because really, dyslexia is not a disability. It just means that I have to work a little bit harder. And it just means that when I do hear myself pronouncing something wrong. I have to go over it and recorrect it. But when you grow up with this kind of um, learning problem, you really, it interferes with your self-esteem. I mean, it gave me a really negative self-image, gave me a lot of self-doubts, probably contributed to my depression when I was younger, because I just knew that there was something wrong with me. I wasn't like everyone else in the classroom. I really struggled. I know I was held back. I I was kind of held back because my mom put me in school when I was too young. For some reason, mom and dad thought it was okay to put Matt and I in school when we were four years old. But I remember looking at my, (laughs) later on in life, I looked at my uh, report card from kindergarten 
And it said right on there, Michelle will need help. Michelle is not like the rest of the class. Michelle cannot keep up with the rest of the class. And that's kindergarten. And mom's like, okay, you're going to first grade. I'm like, wait a minute, I need help. It wasn't like my mom and dad were going to give me help. This wasn't a family that we did a lot of book reading or sat around and did homework together. We were all pretty independent. And mom and dad really let us kids kind of self direct. I mean, I, I know that mom and dad did the best that they could with me with helping me with this, but it was really not discussed much. I know I had to have to do, um, I had after school uh, homework that I had to do. And I remember once going to some special classes. So, I mean, it's not that I think that <laughs> I forgot all about this. I literally just thought it was normal. Like this is part of who I am. I've had this learning disability. I'm not like everybody else. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to, you know, when I work really hard, um, I can overcome it. I don't think about it very much. But really, after I started doing research about dyslexia, I realized how much this has been like a part of my life without me really even ever communicating. No one, None of my friends have ever given me crap about this. No one has ever said, wow, Michelle, you can't talk or you can't pronounce or like, what are you doing? And I have struggled like this. I know there are times when I cannot communicate. I cannot say what I want to say. And it's funny that I would have a career that I have to talk in all day long. But I know that I get through this and the times that I'm really struggling with words and pronunciation I have been able to like laugh about it. I've been able to just like, oh my gosh, you know, silly me or whatever. I deflect. And that is what our self-defense mechanisms are all about. They are deflections so that we don't have to feel bad about ourselves. I mean, we use our defense mechanisms because we don't want to have unpleasant feelings about ourselves. It's not nice to think that there's something wrong with us. It's not nice to believe that, you know, we're not good enough. And I've had a whole lifetime of working towards being good enough. And that is a language that we just have it so internal. And I don't even know why I have struggled so much with feeling not loved, feeling unlovable, feeling um, that I don't fit in, that I'm unique in some way. But when I look back at what verbal dyslexia is and why I feel this way, a lot of it makes sense now. It's because I have a very creative thinking. It's because I'm very inconsistent with the way that I spell. It is also has to do with that not feeling that this is a, a disorder so much as just a, a processing problem. And I wish it would have been explained to me at a younger age that, Michelle, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, it's okay to be this way. It's okay to be unique. We don't celebrate that. I mean, I was always felt like there was something wrong with me. and maybe there is. I'm okay with it now because I've figured it out. It's like, okay, this is who I am. This is the problem I have. I'm going to have it till the day I die. I'm never going to get this cured. There is no cure for it. Um, and so I really just wanted to talk about it because I think when you have any kind of disorder, it is so common for people to think that that's all that's wrong with you. Like, you know, oh, yeah, that person has bipolar or, yeah, that person's got attention deficit. And, oh, yeah, that like labeling does not give us excuses to behave the way that we do. And one of the reasons why I really did want to do Shellyville and, and kind of get into this 
deeper communication about who I am and why this is so important is that I know from my own struggle that my self-esteem has been at the core of why I wanted to be a good therapist and actually why I take the time with the clients that I do because I know deep down it is a dialogue that started at a young, young age. And everybody in some way, somehow has this communication with themselves that's not kind. I mean, for some reason, we take the criticism of our teachers and believe it. Or we take the criticism from our parents and believe it. We look at society and we judge ourselves as not fitting in or not being right or not being pretty enough. And everything is based on this negative language that we're not good enough. And so I really work hard at my self-esteem. I really work hard at believing in myself and recognizing that, you know what, this is who I am. I'm always going to have these faults. I'm always going to be this person, but I got to start liking myself. I really have to start liking myself in a way that it shows that to other people so that other people can start to see that I'm okay. Because it's one thing for me to have the language with myself. I really wanted to be able to have the language with other people. And I don't even know why I'm so fascinated by words, because honestly, when I think about my childhood and I think about grade school, I struggled so much with spelling. And one of the hardest things about this verbal dyslexia is that spelling is that should have been like the first clue. I mean, that should have been it. Like I should have got the clue right then that something was wrong. Because some days I can write a word and spell everything correct. And then the next day have the same exact language and cannot spell one word right, cannot get it right, cannot get the same word right. So even with my notes, when I'm writing notes for my clients and I have to write all these notes every week, sometimes I can do like these incredible notes. And other times I sit there and struggle, like, what did we say? What do I have to write down? Why is this important? And over the, t- over the years of being a therapist, my notes have become worse and worse because I'm using less and less language. It's like, wait a minute, I'm just going to put the bare minimal down and this is it. And if the insurance company wants to come back, I can verbally tell them what happened. But the written word for me has become harder and harder, which is crazy because I'm actually a published author. I actually have a book written from me that I wrote when I started when I was 11 years old, which is hilarious because this book of poetry that I have that's actually out of print right now, but I think you can get a copy somewhere. It's full of misspelled words. The entire book of poetry has probably got maybe a hundred misspelled words in it, which I crack up because the editor is like, you got to change this. You got to change this language. It's like, it's not written right. And I laughed and I said, listen, I said, if you change that, then that changes the meaning of what I wrote. I said, first of all, I'm a little kid when I wrote this book. I was 11 years old. Like I started writing this poetry. Of course, this spelling is going to be wrong. That was probably at the height of my problems with language. So this entire book that I wrote, it's like every year you can see I get a little bit better, start spelling my words a little bit better every year, every year. But I kept the misspellings in that book on purpose because it shows my growth. And that's what life is about, showing our growth, improving, getting better from where you started. Every day we have the ability to get better. We have the ability to feel 
more confident with ourselves, to feel like we have control. And, you know, I was going to do an episode on anxiety. That's probably going to be the next um, podcast that I do because I really feel like a lot of our self-defenses are to protect us from anxiety. And if we can figure out what it is, this control that we have and why we need it so bad and why we struggle on this planet that we're flying in space on a rock, I mean, we have to kind of figure it out. Like what, what does make sense to us? And, you know, other people tell us what that is. We have to tell ourselves what that is. I need to know for me what makes sense for me, what I'm comfortable with, what I'm okay with. And learning to love yourself when you have a learning disability is a big deal because it doesn't come easy. A lot of people have told me that, you know, I'm stupid or I don't fit in or um, I think my favorite one is just, you know, (laughs) just feeling dumb. Like, I can't help it. You go to school and you, you know, the smart kids in class. Well, I was never the smart kid. I will never be the smart kid. But I was the one that loved to smile and I loved to laugh. And I love to do whatever the teachers told me. And I was always asking for extra credit because I knew that I was struggling so much. So I took my personality and I let that work for me. Like that's where my intelligence comes from. Learning to like myself in a way that other people liked me. Like I, that's a skill. Like I learned that skill in school. I learned that I had to get along with these teachers because my life depended on it. I wasn't going to pass school based on grades. I was going to pass on personality. And uh, I've used that. I mean, there is no doubt in my life that I have used my personality to get what I wanted. Because academically, I was told in ninth grade never to take another math class as long as I live. And I have a high school degree with one year of math. I have a college degree with no math. I have a master's degree with no math. Now, that's not possible or not very easy to get nowadays. They make a big deal about math. And I have always used my personality to get around it. I'm like, well, isn't there other classes besides math? I mean, what's a a math class? So I took a lot of logic. I took a lot of psychology. I took a lot of classes that did not relate to math at all. And I somehow, some way worked around the system. So one thing I can say is I might have verbal dyslexia, but I am damn determined to get my own way. I am really confident in the sense that I know myself enough to know that there are ways around the rules. And uh, maybe that's not something I should put out on the Internet, but it's true. There are ways to do it. If you have the ability to think for yourself, if you have the ability to want something bad enough, I mean, I, I never even knew I wanted a college degree. I never even knew that I wanted to get a master's degree. It just kind of happened. I think the seed was planted and it wasn't planted because of academics. It planted because I knew this was a job that would work well for me. Being a licensed professional counselor and talking to people every day has been the biggest reward of my life. It's just phenomenal. And I actually did some math the other day, which I'm not good at math, so I could be off a little bit about my numbers, but I counted up how many clients I have seen in the last 11 and a half years, and I'm around 7,000 clients, which is 7,000 people that I've actually had conversations with 
that I've actually talked to. And of those 7,000 people, not one of them have ever pointed out my verbal dyslexia, which I am so grateful. Thank you to everybody. But I kind of wish they would have. Like, I'm sure I screwed up at some point in all those conversations. I'm sure I said things wrong. I'm sure I like went over my words crazy. I know that I have. I absolutely know without a doubt that I have not said things that I meant to say because that's just part of my disorder. I get it now. Like, I absolutely get it. And my kids used to call them Shelleyisms. They were like, oh my God, mom, like, what are you saying? And I don't know. I've just always kind of mixed words up and put them in different orders and just had fun with language. So I have had fun with language. I've had a lot of fun with this processing disorder. I get it now. Actually, when I did the research on it too, was I found it interesting that people that have a language processing disorder had exposure to nicotine during their development. Man, my mom and dad smoked like crazy when I was growing up. My parents always were smoking in the car, in the house. My mom would have a cigarette lit in like every room. I just think, gosh, I was always around nicotine when I was a child. So I know that that might, I mean, I was kind of surprised that that was part of it. And also um, incomplete senses is a big part of it. So when I really did the research on verbal dyslexia, I was pretty surprised at how much it, it makes sense. It um, really makes sense about who I am and how this contributed to my education, how this contributed to my determination through education. And really why I want to use communication to talk to people and, and tell people that, you know, be yourself, be okay with who you are. If you got attention deficit, so what? You know, you, you, you make it work for you. You find a way to make the things that you have going on that you don't like, but you, you find a way around it. And I think that self-love and that self-discovery and that self-kindness, that's what this is all about. It's finding something in yourself that you like, that you kind of take, and you take advantage of it. Like, if I'm not good in math, I'm going to do everything I can to be good in language. Then I found out I wasn't good in language, but I love language, and so I made it work. And I'm so grateful to the teachers that told me to just keep writing. I had a teacher once, he's like, I don't care if you spell the words right or wrong. He goes, I want you to just keep writing. That teacher helped me get over some of my fear and allowed me to write as much poetry as I have because I just kept writing, even though the spelling was wrong, even though it wasn't, didn't make sense. I just kept writing and I'm going to continue to write. I haven't, uh, I actually haven't been writing in a long time, been writing out these podcasts, which are killing me. So Shellyville is a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. I'll be honest. I really thought this was just going to be sitting here bullshitting, but man, this is tough. It's tough to come with good content. It's tough to um, talk about myself in a way that's entertaining and um, helpful because really that's what I want Shellyville to be. I want to give out this kind of sense of hope, a place to just land, listen to some silly stuff, and then just feel good about yourself the rest of the day. So I really do appreciate everyone's feedback. Shellyville has been amazing. It's It's been a lot of fun, and I've got some great shows coming up. Definitely have some um, guests coming in a couple of weeks. So there's some things to look forward to for sure. And next episode is definitely going to be on anxiety. So I do, um, if you have any questions, again, you can reach me at Shellyville Pod. 
at gmail.com. I definitely look forward to any of your feedback. And again, thank you so much for listening to my story. And if you do have a, a learning disorder of any kind, please just be kind to yourself. You know, life is hard and it's hard enough for us to be mean to ourselves. This is not this is not the time to be mean. This is not the time to be rough with ourselves. We got to start loving ourselves and love your way, love your failures, love your quirkiness, love your uniqueness, because that is what makes you who you are. And we're so lucky to have you. And I'm so glad that you stopped by. Thank you so much for dropping in and have a great day. We'll talk to you later. Bye.